Hello, this is the Slothy Llama Podcast, and I am Reva G. This podcast is largely about all things mindfulness and, in general, how to find more enjoyment out of life. I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Hello, this is Reva G, and for today's episode, I'm going to share with you guys about transforming your thoughts. But before we get into that subject, I wanted to talk a little science with you. So some mini background, I got my PhD in biomedical sciences. I've had years and years of experience doing research, and through those years of research, one thing I can share that is important is that a scientist's work is reproducible. And by that, I mean when someone publishes a paper, what should happen is the work is presented in a way that the experiments done to support that conclusion should be conveyed in a way that that others can repeat those experiments to get the same results. And What happens in reality is a number of different things. Someone might publish a paper and a scientist goes to replicate those experiments and just can't. They they do everything exactly the way that it's presented in the paper and they just keep not being able to to replicate the, the results. And in some instances, the original paper was based on falsified data or data that was never that never existed. Uh, this unfortunately is something that, that can happen in science. And so outside of that being the situation, there are times where maybe the scientist who wrote the paper and published actually did complete the experiments very ethically. They provided a nice description of protocols that they used to complete the experiments in the paper. And still, someone who goes to repeat that experiment later on is, is having a hard time repeating them. They're just not getting the same results. And it could be because of a few different things. They might, the scientist who is trying to repeat the experiment, they might have skipped some steps. They might have gotten a little lazy. Or maybe they didn't want to wait the whole hour incubation, and so they only did it for 30 minutes. And sometimes that's the difference between getting the same result and not getting a result. And perhaps the, the scientist who's trying to repeat the experiments actually did follow all of the steps exactly as it was described, but maybe they're just not as good at certain techniques, so they don't get the same result. Also, sometimes it's a little tricky to interpret what someone's describing in a paper. It's possible that the scientist who's trying to replicate the results is attempting to follow the same steps provided. It's just they're reading the instructions differently to mean something different than was intended by the person who published. And in all of these situations, It's still important if it's something that you truly want to study that you understand how to replicate that original experiment so that you can build on it or apply it or whatever it is that you want to do with it. But you need to demonstrate in your hands that that work 
is possible or those results are possible. And I've had to, I've run into this where I've tried to replicate something that someone has previously published on and had difficulty. What you do in these situations is usually you might reach out to your own lab mates or lab mates around who might have more experience or are more are more advanced with certain techniques. Maybe they could help teach you or show you or, or give you some practice. And if it's a matter of just you need to get the skill set, then there's your answer. You just keep practicing and practicing and eventually you'll get it. Now, if it's a matter of maybe not all of the steps are there. So maybe the author had best intention. It's just they didn't realize that it wasn't clear that certain steps were missing or were not, would not be understood by the person trying to replicate it. And so in talking to other scientists in the similar field, you might learn about those missing steps because anyone who's done the experiment before might know those hidden steps. It's just you don't because that's not not something you've regularly practiced. And so maybe they can clue you in. And any number of ways is fine. You might even reach out to the author themselves for some advice and some information to complete the replication of the experiment correctly. And, and they might provide you for some answers. But all in all, it's, it's not to say just because you tried really hard and you couldn't replicate an experiment that the first person was wrong or the the conclusion was not valid or that the results were not valid it's just you hadn't gotten you weren't skilled enough or maybe you didn't understand enough or maybe you were missing some details whatever it is again still the first person wasn't necessarily wrong but as soon as you find all the missing pieces and get really good at certain skills and techniques along the way Eventually, you may just become really good at replicating the experiment. And then you've accomplished what you wanted from that. Well, what I've tried to do is apply that thought process to more things in my life. For instance, with looking at all of these different books and mindsets and theories about how to live a good life, how to how to understand the universe, how to understand life, how to really truly live more fully and how to have a quiet mind and what, what do you do to ultimately be happy. In the past, I would have looked at these resources and books as something that I just scoff at and kind of toss out as this is ridiculous and not worth my time. This isn't even possible. And in why would I waste my time getting the book? It's probably just some kind of a, a scam or, you know, they're just trying to make sales. And I can say that I've changed a lot. And I've also changed how I, how I interpret challenges and hard work. It's not to say that I'm against hard work, but I, I have had a fair amount of experience with working really hard and exhausting myself and making things more difficult. And I, I think I'm okay without having to do that if I could avoid it. 
Now, if I get the same outcome at the end of the day, the result that I want, but I'm not exhausted and it was a lot easier and I'm much happier, I'm, I'm happy to try that approach. <laughs> I'm, I'm good on the, on the stress and the pushing it too hard. So I thought it was fair that I evaluate perhaps how some of these people came to their conclusions and see if, if it would work for me. And when I first tried to, to actually apply what I was learning, it didn't go so great. I didn't really see the result. I did not see the improvements. I was not more relaxed. I didn't suddenly have a life-changing experience. But I persisted because I realized that maybe I was being the scientist who either was skipping a step intentionally or unintentionally, or maybe I wasn't understanding all of the steps and perhaps something was missing. So maybe looking at more resources or combining different resources of information and, and trying to see if that would fill in the gaps. And also trying to be sure that I am identifying the most optimal conditions for, for applying these techniques to life. And when I began to break it down more carefully and do a lot more trial and error, I started to see results. I started to see the successes that they were describing. And they began to occur more consistently. I'm still, it's still a work in progress. There's still aspects that I'm learning how to, to understand the small nuances of, but I can honestly say that I've been seeing consistently reproducible results using many of the techniques that are described in these kinds of books. And when that happens, and you're looking at concepts like your thoughts create your reality. You can choose to be happy. I mean, if you're seeing results, it's hard to ignore the possibility that things work differently than you might have previously thought they did. And that's okay. It's part of science. It's, it's learning how new hypotheses and newer ideas, although some of these aren't new ideas, but just when you are giving these other ideas a chance and testing them more thoroughly. Sometimes you learn that you need to adapt the way that you're thinking about things like life to accommodate these other possible ulterior ways of going about it. Because again, if I, it's really hard to argue with when you're seeing results. <laughs> and so it encouraged me to explore this more and to follow this path of more ease and happiness and joy. So that's what I've been doing. And I, and I've been finding all these little fine tuned ways to continue to see it happen over and over again and how to help convey this information so that others can apply it too. So, that is why I have been creating some of my episodes in the ways that I have. It's very focused on a very small, specific subject because I'm starting to understand how to break down this bigger, more complex project and, and, and experiment into smaller little steps that 
I can communicate more clearly with, with the understanding that as, as you might try these things and learn for yourself through your own experiences, that it can improve your life to follow some of the, the steps that I'm suggesting. And again, this is all suggestion. Take it or leave it. I would never tell you to just assume that what I'm saying is right. Please don't just think that because I'm telling you that this is fact and this is, you should just trust me. I encourage you to experiment for yourself and test it. Whenever I give these very specific examples, it's, it's done so with a lot of intention given my understanding on this subject and my own experiences of trial and error and my attempts to prevent you from perhaps making the same mistakes or from, from ex not experiencing the positive outcomes from these small changes because something's not optimal in the way you're doing it. So I might extensively explain a very simple subject, but there is a basis for why I'm doing it. And it's, it's really just to get across all these tiny little variations so that you have the best chance for success when you go to try to apply it yourself. And these all seem like very small, simple topics, but they do build into the bigger, better life at the end of it. The nice thing though is because if you follow these things very carefully, you will start to see the changes as you go instead of having to wait till the end to see if all these things you did would work or not. You're just going to start to slowly see transformation in your life. And with that, let's just jump into transformation of your thoughts. <laughs> what, what I wanted to focus on is mostly a matter of shifting your view from more negative thoughts to either neutral or more positive thoughts. The rationale for this, rather than trying to, to, to convince you to, to go from some angry, upset thoughts to a quiet, peaceful mind, is that that's a very huge leap and isn't realistic for a lot of people. And I'll give you a comparison. If you consider a person who is like an angry, upset drill sergeant, He's just ticked off. Perhaps they're commanding you to overwork yourself. And, and this is like going to be similar to that angry mind or that very negative mind, the mindset that's constantly questioning you and telling you you're not good enough and, and telling you that you need to work for longer periods of time or that you're not trying hard enough or you didn't do a good job in, in a meeting or something. Those like nagging awful thoughts or that you, you, you aren't good. You aren't a good enough person to get a better job. Or maybe you're telling yourself that you're not valuable. I mean, people say horrific things to themselves. So that drill sergeant represents those horrific thoughts. And then you have another mindset or person who's like a very kind, gentle, supportive, loving friend. If you were to walk up to these two people and have to ask them to please be quiet for five minutes, you can imagine how it would go when you approach a drill sergeant. Not so good. It would be kind of like, 
Well, I mean, you, you might, you could ask them, hey, could I, would you please be quiet for five minutes, Mr. Yelling Drill Sergeant, and likely that would go the opposite direction and maybe agitate them more. They might just want to, yeah, it will go the wrong way. But if you went up to your very kind, supportive friend, they might just say, oh, you want quiet? Sure, sure, why not? I'll shh, here, you won't even know I'm here. And you got a better chance. So rather than try to tell you to tell the drill sergeant to shut up for five minutes, I'm going to try to help you step down from the angrier, upset mind to someone who's more kind or at least more neutral and who you could potentially ask to become quiet, to give you a chance to enter that more zen-like peaceful state. So how do we do that? How do we go from the angry person to the neutral or positive person? Well, a lot of it is really in your control. It's not a magic trick. It's not something that requires a ton of, of anything. I mean, you can just start tomorrow or today, anytime. Every single time you have a negative thought, you have an opportunity to read, re, just change it. <laughs> you have an opportunity to change that thought into something not negative. It's everything from looking at different situations that you're in each day that cause that negative anxiety or anger or upset and and kind of shifting that into a more positive light, or at least looking for an alternative way of seeing it. And all the way to just the choice of words you use that might have a more negative connotation and possibly carry with it a more negative feeling or emotion that will, will cloud your nice, like happy, peaceful mind. So start with some a couple simple examples of situations say you're driving on the road on the freeway and then someone cuts you off well you could choose to be angry and frustrated and yell and honk your horn and flip them off that's you know something you can do but if ultimately your goal is to be happy it's not really helping you to do that. So instead, maybe consider looking at that same situation and try to think of reasons that that could have happened. Maybe that person was in a rush to get to the hospital to see a family member that they just found out was in the hospital. And if it's not that, maybe the person really had to go to the bathroom and they, they weren't paying attention, they were really distracted, and they didn't even see you and they cut you off. I think you've probably been in a situation like that before where you really had to go to the bathroom and you weren't thinking straight. And another option is maybe they have a kid in their car who's bleeding and they need to get to the emergency room. So they're going as fast as they can and they're not maybe making the best choices along the way. But maybe you could let go of the immediate negative response you get a little easier if you think of these these other options rather than they're just a jerk. Because it's best for you. I'm not 
I'm not defending that person. I'm not trying to tell you that it's okay for them to do that. I'm not trying to make you think that you should allow people to treat you badly. I'm simply saying that if something happens that's outside of your control in terms of like your environment, then, well, the only thing you have control over is your mind. So maybe you choose to actually use that control and change your interpretation of that event so that you keep a happier mind during that time period instead of allowing it to already lead you down a very upset negative path the start of your day. Another another situation might be at work. Say you just got to work and all of a sudden one of the coworkers comes up and they're just berating you or they're nitpicking you or they're snapping at you for not finishing something that wasn't even due for another couple of weeks and you're just going okay this is totally unreasonable I don't know why this person's so upset at me and they they I just got here you know like what is this now you could choose to look at it like that and the second they leave start texting all of your friends and and just go off about how terrible this person is and how they're doing it again and how they're just like a jerk and you're sick of them or turn to your coworker and just start gossiping about it. Or you could consider that maybe that person just got off the phone with their spouse and had a fight. Maybe their kid's school called them and told them they had to come pick them up in the afternoon even though they had a really busy schedule. Maybe they found out that their vacation that was approved got canceled, was canceled and they're not allowed to go now. So many things. I mean, all sorts of things. Maybe they didn't get any sleep that night because they were taking care of a sick relative. Who knows? But perhaps you, for your sake, allow yourself to choose one of these other options for how you interpret what just happened and understand it's not directed at you they're going through their own thing and maybe you just let it go and refocus your attention to anything else you need to get done. So you just kind of give yourself the reason that it must be something else going on in their life. Take a couple deep breaths and let it go and redirect your attention to something that you actually have to do. Because if you just focus on how much it sucks that someone just annoyed you and bugged you, you might be bothered all day long, but that doesn't serve you very well. You're gonna be possibly behind on work and then more annoyed. You also might just be, I mean, no one likes feeling frustrated and upset. (laughs) And again, you wanted to have a happy life. You're not doing so great at accomplishing that if you're choosing to focus on the worst possible interpretation. One more time, I'm not telling you that you should let people walk all over you or that it's okay to just, you're not, I'm not telling you to justify everything that people are doing that's unfair. And I'm also not trying to tell you that you're, you're attempting to make something fair or I'm not saying it's not unfair, but If you focus on how unfair it is, that is only going to lead you towards more negative thoughts. And that's only going to really affect you. While if you just gave yourself the other options for why they may have been acting like that that are not directed at you, then 
you may have a better chance of releasing the grip on those the the annoyance and continuing on your way and there's there's all sorts of ways you could see it as an opportunity where uh for example if maybe you ended up in a meeting during your normal lunch time and you missed lunch with your friends so you're used to going to the cafeteria with the people you know and you're more comfortable with that and now you you didn't get to do that so you're with a different crowd you could look at it as well i'm annoyed that i got pulled into this meeting and now i'm stuck in this other group and i don't know anybody here and this sucks or you could look at it as an opportunity to meet new people or to get to know someone you didn't know at the company you work at or some of these places have multiple companies working in the same location and you don't know most of them but hey you're not with your normal group of friends you need to eat other people are sitting there eating ask if you can join them most people are actually really nice and will let you if not it, even if they're not super talkative and welcoming they'll still let you sit with them and eat <laughs> and it gives you an opportunity to to interact with people you never would have and maybe something cool comes of it maybe you make a new friend so if you ever miss your normal lunch time you now have another lunch buddy or maybe you learn they like to do the same activities at the gym or you guys can work out together perhaps you end up working on a project together because you learned that they're they're someone that would be an ideal collaborator for your company I mean, there's a million things that could happen in, in this new experience that you opened yourself up to. So try to look at it as an opportunity, not an annoyance. And that's kind of how you would transform out of the negative thought processes for that issue. Well, it doesn't have to be an issue for that situation. It's only an issue if you decide it is. And, and so I mentioned words. Words carry a lot of weight with emotions. I, I think one example is, is the word hate. <laughs> so if you're transforming your thoughts, it's probably better to avoid words like hate. Because if your ideal thought process is going to be more positive and happy or at least neutral, hate is a pretty strong negative word. Instead of telling yourself or your friends or something how much you hate an assignment or how much you hate a food item or a person or an activity, maybe try not saying hate. Try going with, I prefer to do some other activity or I prefer to work with some other person or I prefer whatever, something else, but not that I hate something. So anytime you catch yourself saying I hate, try to see if you can reword that as I prefer something else. And then fill it in with whatever, you know, the thing is. And then another word that's good to to be careful with is should. I think someone's even written like an actual book on not saying should. I can't remember. But anyways, the point is, should is a word that holds with it a connotation of you're being required to do something and you may or may not actually want to. It's like you feel obligated. So you're saying, I should go to the gym. 
or I should do this, do this assignment. It's kind of like, it's almost like I have to. So, I mean, anytime you get in a setting where you're trying, you feel like you're going to say I should, or I have to try to change those words to, I want, I want to go to the gym. Instead of saying I should go to the gym, I want to go to the gym because that's more of a positive pleasing like I I'm this is something that's good it's something I want to have instead of like this is a requirement or something I have to fulfill because of these external rules like it's it's kind of just transforming the the feeling of saying that from oh no I have to do this now or I should be doing this like it's it's somehow uh your responsibility but not in a good way it's like this it's got a negative connotation. But if you go with, I want to, then it gives you more of like a free will feeling and that you're choosing to do this. Let me think if there's another one. I feel like there's a couple more that, that come up a lot. Well, one, one thing that comes up, especially with projects. Oh, Kitten, why thank you. That is a good idea. Kitten wanted to share a word that he thinks is important for us. And that's saying stuff like, this is really challenging when it comes to a project. Or this is, maybe not that, maybe, what is it, kitten? Hmm? Oh, okay, not challenging. I'm so sorry. That's right, sorry. He was trying to say problematic. <laughs> or we've hit a roadblock. When you say things like that, yeah, is that right? That's right. Challenging. Not challenging. Roadblock. Problematic roadblock. That kind of stuff is like very negative connotation. It's kind of like, oh no, there's, there's something wrong. And usually you're going to say, yeah, there is something wrong. <laughs> but the point is you're going for happier or at the very least more neutral. And if you, if you maybe use a different word, something like opportunity. Instead of saying, this is a huge problem, or this is, is a, is a major roadblock or a major issue, maybe try to say, this is an opportunity to get creative. <laughs> because it's true. And it will sound much more, and you don't even have to just think this one, you can say it out loud, because it it, it might even help the team along, which ultimately will, will help your work move in the right direction as well. And, and it gives a better mindset. It's not like, it's the end of the world. This isn't working. It's, okay, this is a chance for us to find a cool new way to do this. And you might want to smack me in the face if I said this to you in a meeting. And that's fine. <laughs> because... At the end of the day, I would still have walked out of there being happy with how my mind was thinking. And I can't control what you do. But if you try to adopt the same mindset as me and try to focus on this as a way to stay happier or more positive, you'll be happier at the end of the day too. And these are all very small examples, but if you... If you start to really assess and evaluate 
all of the thoughts you have during the day as they come up, you'll start to notice how negative a lot of the things you're thinking are. And just give it a try for a couple of weeks. Try shifting and transforming these negative words and these negative thoughts to more positive ones or neutral ones. And and maybe see if you feel a little better, a little lighthearted. Maybe you just don't feel as stressed out. Maybe you're able to think a little bit more clearly because you're not as stressed out and maybe that's another benefit. So just play with it. Experience it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Definitely, you know, test it. And and Kitten, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Well, he's purring. I'm not sure if you can hear him purring, but I think I think he says that's all for now. <laughs> so, the light in me sees and honors the light in you. Bye.